guys. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Shelby. And I'm Jessica. And, and this, this is Cousins and Combos. What's up, guys? How was your weekend? Ours was pretty chill. Um, I didn't do shit. What'd y'all do? We went camping with my dad. We stayed in cabins. We did like a little family reunion thing that we used to do every year. But like the last year that we had went, for some reason, the cabins were infested with roaches. Oh, shit. So we haven't been in like three years, but they, my dad heard that they had went in and redid everything and yeah. put Wi-Fi, which it was dog ass. It yeah. didn't fucking work. And... um. So, they redid them, and you could actually tell, like, they were really nice. And I just, Drew loved the freedom, because, like, they can run around outside and play. You don't have to worry about nobody. Yeah, it was open nature, nature. because that's the state part, right? Yeah. That's the state park for Arkansas? Chick- no, Tennessee. Oh, it's Chicken yeah. Falls in Tennessee? Girl, I don't know why I thought it was <laughs> Taylor Arkansas. Taylor did too. What the hell? We got there and Taylor was like, look, I don't know the gun laws for Arkansas. And I looked at him and I was like, well, we ain't in Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But I do remember as a kid when your mom and dad was together. So how old were you when they sp- split up? Three. Three. Okay, so you had to be real young. How far How far apart are we? We're like five years, yeah, right? Yeah, five, six years. Okay, so then I was probably, probably like five... Either from ages five to, like, eight years old. But I remember going to Chickasaw with your dad's family for, like, family reunions. Yeah. That's when, like, your uh, grandpa, he had, like, an RV yep. and he had lived there. I remember going. It was always so much fun. Well, it's just we all nature. used to stay in the campgrounds. Like, we yeah. would all bring our campers. Because your mom and, and dad had stayed. a camper, too. They had yeah. that, like, pop-out one or whatever. But, you know, don't I don't want to stay in a camper now. No, like, fuck no. <laughs> I want to stay in the cabin. But that was, that's fun. It's just open nature. Oh, my God. Unplugged. Yes. Like, get your mind like, right. Like, me and Taylor got to go walk. Down the trail, it took like an hour because I was gone and we got lost. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we had to follow the compass on oh our my phone. God. Y'all are crazy. And it started raining, and we were like, "Oh my god!" Oh shit! But I bet that was good just to be out in nature. Yeah, and, and you like, don't have service, so you literally can't be on your phone even if you wanted yeah. to. And then your dad can keep up with Drew. And you oh, and yeah, and he show. was. Yeah, that's yeah. good. So, Drew, just did he ride his four-wheeler? Oh, yeah. Aww. Oh, yeah. And I got on it and rode it. Really? I was riding down all the hills. <laughs> well, it's stuff. huge. So. I told my dad, I was like, this is what happens when you have a kid when you're still a kid. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Well, all right, guys. Today, we're going to talk about generational trauma. Um, intergenerational trauma is a concept developed to help explain years of generational challenges within family. It's the trans mission or passing down from older to younger generations of the oppressive or traumatic effects of a historical event and a generational curse is a habit or behavior that has been passed down from one generation to the next so basically an example guys is like if your grandmother projected her feelings onto your parents like hollering and whooping and you know bad punishment then your parents carry that onto you and then you carry that onto your kid unless you want to break the generational curse right because growing up I was always hollered at like and if you think about it now when you get mad at your kids like and you you have that urge to holler like your parents did if you really stop and think about your feelings like you're overstimulated you're over you need to sit down yeah. take a second breathe and then ask your child honey are you okay or explain to your child look honey you're not supposed to be doing this because you got hurt right that's why mommy told you not to do it you got hurt and I feel like something else that plays along into this is like back then the moms did everything like it wasn't a thing where the dad helped yeah. at all it was so one-sided like a man worked and the woman took care of everything family and home yep 
Like, the man didn't do anything but collect a paycheck to yep. pay the bills. So, I can understand why back then that was so common. Yes. Because you're with your kids nonstop. You're never getting a break. It's yes. not an option for you. It's nothing but overstimulated mothers. Yeah, and but, then, like, nowadays you see, like, these dads that step in. Like, I know sometimes when I'm tired and Taylor will let me take a nap and he'll take Drew into the room and get him ready for bed. And I'm over there asleep and he yeah, does it same. all on his own. Yeah, and women then, they did it all on their own. They didn't have any help, you yeah. yeah, I mean, my dad helped my mom a little bit, but you know that not really. She was responsible for everything, and then she was a stay-at-home mom for a while. But she worked yeah. whenever they split up. I was twelve years old, and then my sisters are four years younger, and then the others eight years. So. Yeah, and see, I feel like that was a big thing with my mom. She broke that generational trauma yeah. with me. Because she never, I was never whooped as a child. Yeah, no, your mom definitely broke the curse. Because growing up for them, um, I think they experienced a lot of abuse. A lot of abuse. They experienced a lot of over punishment where they get their ass beat when they did something wrong, you know. And then so your mom took that and she turned it around and totally changed it on you. So how do you, how did you feel growing up? What are some things, the way you got punished? And what are some things you're going to change though? So... My mom's form of punishment was to take my phone. Every <laughs> single time she would take my phone. That's the only thing that gets kids to oh, listen. Oh, I know. Especially today because it's full of electronics. Our kids are the future of electronics. Yes. But one thing that I wish that I would have done different, which I feel like it was my fault, is I was so scared to talk to her. I don't know why. But I just had like... Maybe it's because she was my mom. She was the higher power. Yeah. You know, you don't want to completely open up to that person because she was a little bit strict. I didn't know what I could tell her. Right. And stuff. So, like, later on, a few years ago, when I had this long conversation with her about high school and, like, how I didn't get to go hang out with my friends and stuff, like, I realized, like, now I can talk to her about anything. Yeah. But it's like you have that hold back as a child, and then I feel like that's because... She guarded me so much. Yeah. Not, and that's because she guarded her childhood. Yeah, but yeah. also, I mean, she lost a child when I was in middle school. So, yeah. I didn't get to have that experience because her biggest fear was losing another one. Yeah. So, I, I think that what she did helped me, but... I think that what I will make sure is that my son always knows that he can talk to me. Because my mom would tell me, but it would be like when I would get in trouble. It wouldn't be a constant thing that she told me. Yeah, totally. See, when our parents thought in their generation, the thing that they say is, you ain't my little friend. Like, my kid ain't my friend. And see, we can look at that from a different outlook. Because I feel like I need to be my child's friend. In order to understand my child on a level that I need to understand them on their level, not on my level. You have to be their friend. Obviously, there's boundaries within that friendship with your child. But I feel that you truly are your child's friend if you want to, you know, be vulnerable with them. Yeah, and we... There's this really good show on Hulu, and I recommend all parents, like mom and dads, you need to sit down and watch it together. It's called The Parent Test, and it's about eight different parenting styles, like discipline, strict, uh, free parenting, um, uh, free range, all that kind of stuff, and helicopter. Yeah, you've been telling me y'all been watching that. And, dude, it just opens your eyes because they do all these competitions with these kids, like, Last week was they had the sex talk. Yeah. Well, you realize that these 12 and 13 year olds, they don't even know what body parts go yeah. where. And it's like you See, have to be that parent and teach your kids things. But you also have to be that friend where your kid is comfortable com- enough yes, to come com- to you. To have that comfort zone. Yeah, because when I started my period, I had no idea what it was. You know, and I my- was in pier one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For real, 
I was in fifth grade at school in white blue jeans. Oh, or no. white jeans, yeah. <laughs> so that was pretty I crazy. I was in eighth grade. Really? Yeah, I was oh, 14. I was a late. The only reason I knew anything is because of your mom, actually. My yeah. mom wasn't my mom was super guarded with that stuff. Okay. So my she said my grandmother was very guarded with her when it came to like the sex talk and like your period and like all the things, right? So my mom, she never explained that stuff to us. Like I told my sisters about sex. I told them about their periods. I explained all that thing to all those things to my younger sisters. But now my memo after my mom like with us man my memo would tell me we I had the sex talk with her okay if me and Tommy were having struggles in our sex life it would be her that I would talk yeah. to because she would tell me all about it she'd be telling me about her and my papa having <laughs> sex and shit in the hot tub at the casino <laughs> oh. so she was really open and my mom would be so uncomfortable at like some of the jokes that she'd make because that wasn't her childhood but yeah. like when my grandmother got older she realized like that's not how you parent you know like like, the things that you wish to do different, you realize when you're older, unfortunately. But see, our generation, we're learning early. We yeah. are learning to acknowledge these signs of generational trauma and generational curses and how to regulate our feelings within yeah. our parenting. And that's, like, a big thing for me is, like, you know, when a lot of kids get in trouble, it's, like, go to your room. Yeah. You need, I really think what helps is sitting down with your child and explaining different scenarios on how they could have done that differently. Most definitely. Because, okay, I was not, even though I parented Kenton uh, before I had Amelia, you know, I got with Tommy when Kenton was two years old. So we went through the whole potty training thing with him and stuff. And granted, I was helping parent, but when you have your own child, you have, your mind changes, you have a different outlook on parenting and your just mindset just changes when you have your own child, you know, it just changed for me. So I can look back on times where we would get onto Kenton for like peeing in his pants or something and how it would get so much worse when he got in trouble. Like, no, you peed in your pants. You're going to sit in your room. You're grounded for a couple hours because we've told you just to keep telling us, you know, when it's time for you to pee. And he was like six years old. He was kind of hard to potty train. He kept having accidents at an older age. But, you know, when I have my own child, I things I looked at them so much differently. And I tell Amelia, it's okay, honey, that you pee-peed. Next time, we're just going to remember to go to the potty. And that worked, and she never did anything. So, in Kenton's older age, instead of him getting trouble for, like, his grades at school, right, we'd sit down and explain. Or, like, his conduct. That was yeah. a big thing, right? All right, Bubba, look, we've told you you got to focus in school. You know, you guys have recess, talk during these times instead of during, you know, when classwork is going on because you need to focus and explain to him how important education was and, like, where there's times to talk and times to not. And us just having those conversations with him, like, 360'd his behavior, dude. When you stop punishing your kids and start sitting down and talking to them and acknowledge them as a person Mm -hmm. and a human... Yeah. Like, it's, their demeanor changes. Yeah. Like, he's a totally different kid if you sit and have a conversation with him. But when you get on to him and you start hollering, he, he pulls away. Yeah. He doesn't know how to regulate his feelings in that yeah. situation. And, you know, that's another big thing with me, with Drew. Like, if he's ever upset about anything, you come let me know. Like, if I said something wrong and it upset you, yes. let me know because I won't say it again. Yeah. Like, I don't want to hurt your feelings every time I say something or if I say something that you don't like or about somebody that you have a connection with like come and tell me hey mom you really hurt my feelings definitely and they should have that open communication because that's the thing is that we aren't perfect even though we are trying to change these generational curses or behaviors 
we're not perfect. We're going to make mistakes along the way. We're only learning. We're only human, you know? So when you make a mistake and you lose your shit because you're going to do it, you can't say that you're not. When you lose your shit and you holler at your kids, you go to them in a little while. Hey, I'm sorry. Mommy had, mommy had feelings. You know, I was very overwhelmed at the moment. Mommy didn't mean to holler at you. You know, an apology goes a long way with the child. Yes, Even an adult, you know, like Mm -hmm. say me and you get into it. Like, all right, just sorry, I was tripping, you know, yeah. like, are you was tripping, you know, whatever the thing was, yeah. let you know how I feel and move on about your day. And see, back then, everybody was taught to keep their feelings in. It was, it was bad if you had mental health problems. You don't yeah. talk about having mental health, mm-hmm. you know, and now it's so normalized and everybody's learning to regulate their feelings and just apologies and being open just goes a really long and way. And it does. And I think that's another big thing too, is like a lot of parents now neglect the their kids needs yes because I've seen a lot of children that struggle like mentally and you can tell that they struggle mentally but their parents aren't doing anything to help them yeah and I'm like you gotta when your kid reaches like five six like you've got to establish life then because those are when memories are going to start for them I remember some of kindergarten, like girl, me too. I have some memories of like two and three years old. Like, yeah, they might be small, but I have some <laughs> memories. <laughs> yeah, and that's. I just feel like you got to start that with your kid early because if you don't, then your kid's just gonna be like, "Well, my mom just flipped on me one day and turned into a completely yeah. different person." Because see, my mom did when I was a teenager. Okay, so I was smoking weed, you know, I was off, you know, having sex at 15, 16 years old, running with the crowd. We were kind of fast, but you know, that stuff wasn't okay whenever I was doing it. So my mom, it's like she had this attitude, like she hated me, like she was so mad she didn't know what to do with me, you know, like I couldn't talk to her or anything. And now me and my mom, we're best fucking friends now, you know, all the shit that I was doing at that age was okay when my other sisters were doing it. You know, I was the guinea pig, the oldest. Now, my mom's my best friend, don't get me wrong, but that was the thing. It's like she held that. Like, she was mad, and, like, she she wore that on her face. Mm -hmm. You know, like, your kids are going to do shit that you're not going to be happy about, you know. But my kids should be able to come to me and tell me, hey, I want to smoke some weed. You know, I'm cool. Come to me. I would rather my kid come to me than go on the streets and get something yeah. that he doesn't need to have. And then when you punish them, of course, they're going to keep on hiding everything yes. from you. Now, uh, granted, I'm not saying don't punish your kids. Because there is boundaries and they should be punished. Now, hey, you were doing this this weekend. So, no, you're not going to go out and do that next weekend. And I'm sorry, but this was a really big thing for my mom. Like, anytime I was hanging out with my friends, sometimes she would just show up. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> I, like every time I was out with my friends, I'm constantly looking around, like, when my mom going to come up yeah. out of the blue? Because I know she's coming. <laughs> and, like, you have to have that trust. Now, trust me, we're parents now. We see it from a different perspective. Hell, yeah, I want to pull up on my yeah. kid. Hell, yeah, I want to know what you're doing. Yeah. But we just have to have that level of trust with them and that level of a relationship yes. to where they're open and everything. And, see, I've witnessed some um, child abuse yeah. in my childhood days, not from my family or anybody in, like, direct contact with me or anything but I've seen kids be punished for days over peeing in their pants like sit in the same pants or like the type of punishment to where they have to do all of your housework because they pissed you off like yeah that shit is just I don't believe in using your kids as like your maid like yeah and it's like the same thing with like family functions I know like it's common for you to hug everybody before you leave 
Yes, but that one. my son doesn't have to hug anybody. Consent, if, yes. If, if he doesn't want to hug you or tell you bye, like, that's up to him. His feelings do matter. Yeah, don't force him. Like, consent starts at, at a young age. Yeah. It's not an age-appropriate thing. And that was another thing when um, we were watching the parent test. You know, they're talking about sex, and they're talking about the names of genitals. And yeah. some of the kids didn't know the proper names. And Taylor kind of, like, made a remark, and I was like, absolutely not. Drew yeah. is going to know the name. Oh, Amelia knows penis and vagina. Because he was like, I just don't like the word. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. Because when a little girl comes up to him and says, my uncle did this to me, and says cookie or cupcake, yeah. he's going to be like, what? And said, if he said the real name, he could come to mommy and be like, this girl told me this at school, and I don't think it's okay. Most definitely. Your kids should be educated because people are fucking crazy. And I don't think that it comes just for teachers. Like, I don't think parents realize how much children communicate. Yeah. Be- with each other. Yes. Yeah, they tell each other a lot of things. Yes. And I want to make sure that my son can stand up and say, that's not okay. Because I remember being in school. And, I mean, I haven't always had the best situation, but things weren't super bad. But I always remember there was a girl at school who was going through shit way, way, way worse than me. I mean, I wasn't neglected, okay? So, you know, get that out of the question. But... The girl was, and she was going through things, and she would tell me all about everything that's going on, but she would be scared to tell teachers, you know, because kids are scared of CPS. They're scared yep. to get taken away from their parents, and, like, kids really do confide in kids. Mm-hmm. They really do. So, especially at school. School's a whole new world for a child who's being neglected at yes. home or abused. I remember I was in third grade, and there was this kid who, we had a Christmas party, and he kept going back for seconds, and, like, my mom and another friend's mom was like, honey, like, are you hungry? And he was like, well, I'm not going to get to eat because we're going on Christmas break. And he was like, this is the last time I'll get to eat before I come back to school. Oh, my gosh. And my mom, like, they tried to get him Christmas presents, but the school wouldn't give him the address. And it's just like the system makes things so much harder than what it needs to be. Yeah, that's crazy. Speaking of food, though, that makes me think of a whole other thing. Kids have food aversions. Yes. You know, okay, my dad, oh my God, my mom hated this. My dad would make us sit and eat everything on our plate. We had to finish all of our yeah. food. And like at my mom's house, we had open, you know, open kitchen. Go yeah. and get food whenever you want. My dad's no, the kitchen was closed at a certain time. Yeah. And that, I feel like, plays with um, eating problems, like mm-hmm. as in your adulthood, like whereas you were not allowed to get a snack at a certain time when you're grown up you're gonna overindulge in things um Kenton I've had to learn this a lot with him because he's really big on taking food and hiding it in his room and I was getting mad like dude stop why are you doing this but you have to stop and look like kids have food trauma they have problems with food like and if your kid doesn't like a certain thing I don't think they should be forced to eat it yeah I don't think it's okay to have a picky eater yeah like there's picky adults it's okay to be picky with girl little girls it's important because i think that plays into anorexia and yeah all that and having problems life. with their body image mm-hmm. and let's be real guys have problems with their body image like too. i'm sorry my daddy we went to the buffet and he was like you want to try this you want to try this you want to try this yeah. like he didn't force me but he was like this is something new do you want to try it yeah it's good definitely and and listen to your kids because they tell you if your kid's not eating all their food now amelia goes days sometimes with just eating a little bit here yeah. and there They're their body, them and themselves, their bodies, they know what they want mm-hmm. and they know what they need. Yeah. They're not going to eat more than they can and they're not going to eat less than they need. Yep. 
So, pay attention. Like, don't be mad at your kids for not finishing their dinner or not liking this or not liking that. Obviously, you can constantly reintroduce things because they may not like it now, but they might not. They might like it later. So, slowly trying to reintroduce things or, like, in new ways, cut it in a new shape. Cut it in yeah. a, a different texture. And, you know, texture. that's what I went to Walmart and got some, like, Marvel pancake makers. Yeah. And I just think, even for Taylor, like, he thinks it's so cool. But yeah. I'm like... The dino nuggets and things like that for little kids. They Make think that is so cool. Yes, they love that. Just try new things with their foods. But don't be mad at your kids for not wanting to eat. Yeah. Because that's a normal thing. That's that's another thing that plays a big part in adulthood trauma. Mm-hmm. Is is the punishment at the food table starting very young. Yeah. So, guys, we are the next generation. We can train change these things. There's so much crazy shit going on in the world now. It stops with us and the way that we raise our kids. And I really think I say this all the time. Our generation is going to be the one to solve every problem in America. Hopefully so. That's because all we can hope for. Because once our generation gets in office, they're going to have the outlook of everything that we've been through from childhood up. Yes. All this bad stuff that has happened in our teenage years and that we got to see firsthand, they're going to be like, I want to put a stop to yes. this. There's two ways. You either follow in with the bullshit or you change the bullshit. Yep. And I, our generation is not playing. We're here to change. We're not bullshitting. Our kids, we're raising good humans. We're yeah. raising judgmental, free humans. Yes, exactly. Yes. Exactly. So. Like, for example, um, I know this is a really big thing, like the gay couples. Yeah. I will never look at my son and say, don't look at them. You're not allowed to do that. Yeah. That's not okay. Yeah, me neither. I would rather look at my son and say... It's okay for you to love whoever you want to love. Yes. Some people may not agree with it, but that doesn't mean that you have to be mean to that person or judge them because that they're different. Most than definitely, you. and and teach your kids autistic kids. Exactly. Don't don't treat them any different because maybe they're having a meltdown or anything like that. Teach your kids not to look into things too much. Yeah. Love and, every kid, and that's what I feel like. The kids nowadays are bullied at home, so they turn into bullies at yes, school. Yes, yes. I will say that. I was a bully in high school. Mm-hmm. I really was. But, you know, I got bullied my whole life for my weight and having yeah. red hair and freckles. That that is what I turned around and did to other yeah, people. because you wanted other people yeah, to feel what you did. Yeah, the way that you feel. Yeah, and you don't, I don't realize that until I get older, you know. But yeah. it's not okay to do to people what they do to you. You want to oh, do yeah. what you would have wanted done to you. Yeah. The way like, you would have treated better. On Facebook that like have kids and I'm like man I wish I would have talked to them in school I just Me never too. did because yes. I had that group and if they weren't in that group then yeah. you know I'd be having that need to want to tell somebody sorry uh, no, <laughs> <me too. laughs> they're gonna think it's not genuine <laughs> but you know you just you just have to learn to regulate your emotions and your feelings yeah and, and I better. feel like that's gonna be a big part in life definitely we're bringing the next generation, guys. We have to bring them up good. Yes. So, I really hope you liked today's topic because, honestly, that was pretty fun to yeah. talk about. I liked that. And that was really controversial. Like, we talked about a lot of things that can sway people's minds. Yeah, most definitely because a lot of people believe in whooping. Now, I'm not saying I don't pop my kid. Yeah. Because I've popped her a little ass yeah. and she got popped the other day, too. Actually, my mom told me to whoop her for real. She was like, pull her pants down and give her a real whooping. And I was like, all right, because she wouldn't stop. Nothing yeah. was working. And then she, the way she cried, it broke my heart. Yeah. I said, yep, no, ma'am, not whooping. Definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> it's different when you're popping, like, a, a little baby than you're, like, actually whooping a kid, yeah. you know? Yeah. So. 
from here on out, we will have conversations. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I hope you guys really uh, liked listening today. You should check out our Instagram. I've been trying to be really active over on our Instagram here lately, trying to get our following up so we can get recognized and people can know about our podcast. They don't know I'm trying to reach other people. And also, we've got the TikTok going. Um, We're probably going to film some TikToks today. What do you Mm -hmm. think? Probably some TikToks. And we also have the Facebook going. So check us out on all the social media platforms, guys. And thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Cousins and Convos.